Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop. that time I don't want to ever over promise and under deliver just sort of as a rule in my life in general but also especially for this very podcast times ours on the athletic I want to set appropriate expectations as people jump on for the newest episode and I mean listen we're so glad you're here and I'm pretty sure that we're gonna have a good first like 75 to 80 percent of this show and then could for no reason end up face planting into the turf and sort of sliding slowly Ooh. all the way to the end zone out of pure respect for the newest Lord and Savior of the game of football, Daniel Jones. Grimacing tweeted, the whole way there. <laughs> I tweeted this last night, Nate, and I'm standing by it because, you know, we have an unhealthy obsession, I would say. Maybe it's just a healthy obsession with Josh Allen. Yep. Watching Daniel Jones makes me feel like I'm watching Josh Allen with all of his video game sliders just pulled all the way down. <laughs> like I'm wa- I'm watching I'm watching a child play as Josh Allen in like Madden, like all Madden mode. It just he's got some of those same parts, some of those same features with none of the proper execution and it is truly a bona fide joy. To watch Daniel Jones play football poorly. I I can't really disagree. Um, although, I made the wise decision to not watch that football game. Um, I, I wanted to distance myself from the yeah. NFC East. I will continue yep. to do so this year. <laughs> um, so, in making a wise decision, I then followed that up with an unwise decision. And you can yep. probably guess what it was that I watched last night. Um, but I did see the run. I did see Patrick Mahomes' uh, sort of response to it. Um, I, I want to give Patrick a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. I'm pretty sure yeah. if he was, if he had such a lane to run, he would, he would, he would be tackled. He would not fall down. That's because, right. Because <laughs> Turf might have caught up to him. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like he may not have, as Seth, you know, as we all know, he may not have breakaway speed. But That's the right. Turf Monster wouldn't. <laughs> Wouldn't shoelace tackle him? Seth, that's one of my favorite. Seth, how far do you think you could run before you fell over? Just straight fell over, sprinting like you're being chased. But the reason you go down is not going to be because of a tackle. I mean, the last time I sprinted while being chased, I was Mm twenty. So (laughs) a solid, a solid decade and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I gotta say. I don't think it would be as far as Daniel Jones went. Have you guys seen someone tweeted out? Yes. Yes. The probability. Yes. Chart yes. That Daniel Jones fell on it. Oh, it's such a great tweet. And it, well and it's done. Such well done. Tweet. Yes. Well done, Skeeter69696969. Oh, dear. That is the name um, of the Twitter handle. That person that has. the name of the Twitter That account. person has 54 tweets is following zero people and has 263 followers. 
And that tweet has gone like legit viral in the NFL Twitter world. And you've got to see it. I retweeted it. You can go see it. Or you can go to at Skeeter69969. <laughs> he just, he was, he was running towards a victory until, you know, he fell down and they lost yet again because the New York Giants in a division where nobody wants to win is not in first place. Um, a team with they a had tie. it. They had it. The Giants had it. The Giants should be winning the NFC East Ugh. or at least be right on the right on the heels of the Cowboys. Poor Joe Judge. Ugh. Poor Joe Judge. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I, I caught some. I caught some highlights, but yeah. at this point in the year. Six games in, I just and and because the Chiefs are not playing NFC East opponents, I just really want to get away from from that from that poor taste of football. Um, it's <laughs> I saw an interception yesterday uh, by Carson Wentz through that was that was an abomination to playing football. Uh, <laughs> abomination. So Whoa. I just want to remove myself. <laughs> Like, hey, I have a clean pocket. Hey, we're in the red zone. We already are guaranteed three points. Nah, nah, let me do more. Let me roll out. Let me go on the back foot. Let me keep backing up. Let me throw in the triple coverage. What are you doing? Oh, okay. I just, I can't. I can't, guys. I can't anymore. Everybody's hurt in the NFC East, and they all play terrible football. I just did some quick math. And that division is four nineteen and one, which bums me out even more, knowing that they could have been four and twenty and at least been funny again. But no, like they're even too bad to accidentally go four and twenty. Which Seth is the that's the weed number. I don't know. I don't know if you knew that or if not. If you were aware of this, if sir. you were aware. Also, oh my you know, god! The funny hold thing on, is, hold on. I'm sorry. I really? have done more. You know what? Nope. Yeah. Never mind. No. Like yeah. On you, you're gonna say on your way to work today, you've done more illegal substances than the rest of this show combined ever. Just at sitting at work as a lawyer. You gotta know it if you, you know wanna change. Wanna be, I'm a changed man. Yeah. And I've got nothing to prove. You gotta know. You gotta know <laughs> the subject matter you're dealing with. I've got nothing to prove. It's why I will not pee in that cup, officer. I have nothing to prove. <laughs> Actually, I've heard that. That that's one that people use. Does it work? Um, state. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does. That's cool. No, that's why every court order that I that I request, I always request that a refused test be deemed a positive for all substances. Oh my god! It's goodness. like so. If you refuse this, that means you tested positive for heroin, for everything, for coke. For, tra- for everything at once. You are a Molotov cocktail of illegal substances the if you N- refuse this test. The NFC East, can I just give you their point differentials real quick? And then we can talk about oh, teams no. that successfully play football. I'm going to just go top of the division to bottom of the division. Minus 33, wow. minus 45, minus 54, minus 52. And these teams play each other. Like, uh, of the of these of this four nineteen and one setup, I think at least two or three of those wins are against each other. Yeah, they're gross. Oh, oh my goodness! I mean, I, oh. I, I, there, there are some bad teams this year. Like, and I know that's yeah, analysis, but they people kind of predicted that you know it might be a kind of a sloppy season. Right. Yeah, but we're we're seeing some really bad teams. 
some that we didn't expect, like the Vikings, mm-hmm. who did not see this coming. Mm-mm. Shout out to my dad. Sorry, man. Oh, you know I love you. Oh, you can be a Chiefs fan, Dad. Look, Mom has come around. Condolences. Just being a Chiefs fan. Yeah. I, just, just, just give up, man. It, it's cool. <laughs> you know, you have held firm for like sixty some odd years. So I can I be it's honest? Okay. I disagree here. I think Vike the Vikings fans right now are in the second best position to be in as fans. Which is you're looking at rookie quarterbacks. Just keep That's, losing. <laughs> that yeah, keep losing and keep telling Tank yourself that you're that you're there. You're at least there for one of those top two or three quarterbacks and come draft time. Mm. This is a wonderful place to be in if you're being honest. And start and start you and know, start rooting for guys' bank accounts for the New York Giants yeah. come December or for the New York Jets come December, where they're like, yeah. oh wait, we gotta. I I can't be on an 0-16 team, right? I, I mean, I gotta stay. I yeah. gotta stay in the league, right? I gotta, I gotta keep making yep, money. That's, you know, <laughs> I, I really think that's why you see some turnaround with teams. Like near the yep. end of the year, they'll win a couple of random games because guys realize, like, man, I, I, I gotta stand out. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not like players aren't trying before that, but you can only give your hundred and ten percent effort so often. Right. Like I know. Fans love to believe, and I would love to think, that players can really go that hard and be that locked in every game. Because, like, well, it's only one game a week. It really is that hard mm-hmm. at the NFL level. It, 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 we've even seen it with the Chiefs this week, who are a well-coached, dialed-in team that are insanely competitive. And every now and then, a couple games this year, they've it's been like, they seem a little lackluster. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 that's a good point on the Vikings. I will try to comfort my my friends and family members with that because they are they thought they would be good like that's why you yeah. know this trade um you know they, they traded for a defensive end I got you because they got really you. thought it's pronouncing Gakwe man I thought I was being slick no there. I got you it's um, all right just ask for help I'm here in Gakwe yeah yes here's an olive they, they trade they tra- they traded for I could have done the Madden thing they traded for defensive end ninety five <laughs> number ninety it's not <laughs> hey Seth it's ninety one it's okay I'm here for you. If I could describe the depths to which I despise you. I'm just trying to help. Not, there would not. I could fill the skies with scrolls. (laughs) All right. Anyway, so this is what happens when teams fundamentally, like the really bad teams this year, the really, really bad ones, there are some of them that fundamentally misunderstood who or what they were. Like, I mean, the Jets are the most obvious example. Which I, I had one of the guys I know who covers the Jets. Uh, he told me, I asked him, I was like, man, because like the line is like 21 and a half points. Oh, Charles, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I asked Charles, I'm like, hey, would you would you put a bet on that? Because he's pretty honest about this sort of stuff. And I was like, would you you'd bet on the Jets there? He got 21 and a half points. Reed doesn't usually humiliate teams. And he said, you know, I can't answer that. But I tell you, the Chiefs B plus game, they're winning by 40. I'm like, holy crap. Because I haven't watched the Jets. They're that bad. But you see there was a fundamental misunderstanding about where they were ready to compete. Same with the Vikings. And you see teams make this mistake. The Chiefs were this team a while ago. Mm-hmm. Where there was a fundamental misunderstanding as to your readiness to compete. The Vikings thought they were Super Bowl contenders. So they traded for a kind of a rental on the defensive end. And now you see them kind of like the lights coming on. They're like, yeah, we might need to rebuild here. And so... I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't even remember how we got sucked into that. The NFC it's, East. It's fascinating. Here's my, last, oh, yeah. here's my last piece of NFL trivia for you today. So, like, 
The Ravens have the best point differential in football right now, plus 75, okay? That's mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jets have the worst point differential. They're at minus 110. Second place, second worst is the Jags with minus 56. Like, the Jets are almost twice as bad as the next team in terms of point differential. I'm not finished yet. Of the bottom eight teams in point differential, this is, for me, the real cherry on top. The bottom eight teams in point differential, half of those eight teams are in the NFC East. That is a breathtakingly bad division. My goodness. I mean, who's... who? Yeah. Yeah. And down there with them... Texans and Vikings? Woo! I, I, hey, all I know is uh, Seth put out an article today. There's literally a cap. There's literally a screenshot. Excuse me, not a caption. There's a screenshot. I would encourage you all to look at it because this was sort of a, a, a viewpoint of Clyde Edwards Alaire that we kind of knew coming out of the draft. Sorry, Josh. Um, there, there's a, you know what? No, there are no sides here. We're all on the same team. There are, there's a screenshot where you can't see Clyde Edwards Alaire because the yeah. Chiefs offensive line smothered the Bills. And now we go into a game where it could be, I don't know, freezing to snowy like temperatures in Denver because, you know, yeah. 2020. Um, and Andy could run the ball 50 times. I, I just, all, all I'm saying is, you know, the <laughs> offensive line, be mashing. They might get a chance to mash again. You might get to see consistent behavior put on tape, which is Eric Bidemi's <laughs> second favorite line. Um, I, I, you know, like, what's more entertaining? The NFC East are watching the Chiefs, fo- you know, the Chiefs football team run the ball an extreme amount for two straight weeks when they have the world's greatest quarterback. I I would say that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is more entertaining. And now I'm an offensive line play nerd. I, I love watching offensive line play. You know, it, it's I, I really do think that the way running the ball can be set up is one of the things that makes football a beautiful sport in that you see all the chess pieces come together. Except it comes together like it's like a ballet, but with massive dudes hurting each other, right? So... Not really like ballet, but sort of in that they, they, it's so intricate and well-designed. Yep. And I, so and Edwards Alaire is fun to watch because every now and then it's like it's it's like someone got sniped when he puts a juke on him and they just fall to the ground. That's always funny. And every time I just supply the noise in my head because I've seen so many of those videos, you know, where people just drop and someone has imported the sound of a shot. And that makes me laugh every time. I don't know if that makes me a bad person or not, but it makes me laugh every time. I did want to say, you know, you're talking you're talking about that screenshot. I'm looking at my article right now on Edward Solaire's blocking. And I, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm sitting here patting myself on the back because I, I made that screenshot all I did for analysis in it. Because you really can't see Edward Solaire is I put a bunch of question marks next to it. And it's making me laugh as I look at it because you literally can't see right. him. He is, and neither could the Bills. And that's the funny thing. Like, the one of the corners and linebackers are both in the next screenshot. They're both staring at the pile as Edwards Hilaire is already running to the left. They're looking right past him at the pile. <laughs> and then he runs by him, and you see them go, oh crap! And they try to they try to tackle him. And that's 
I, I was talking. I was talking to uh, Desmond Moses. We do this weekly segment thing on KCTV Five, and yeah, that's right. Humble brag. And <laughs> television's <laughs> Seth Kaiser was talking about this. Yes. Oh, I, I don't know. Just on a side note, I am not made for television. Every time Desmond's on there, and look, Desmond's a good-looking dude, and he's always dressed so sharp. And then I look at me, and I'm like, man. <laughs> It's rough. You gotta have you gotta anyway. have variety, Seth. Don't don't don't. don't. <laughs> That's yeah. me. I'm the variety yeah. on the show. Don't discount you know, yourself. We've got we've got all these television people. It's like you know, it's yeah, a pro- great. as a yeah, it's uh, a production show, and sometimes <laughs> the production needs variety and you know <laughs> wise analysis. Don't don't you know this is. Man, this is low-key the worst I've been burned in the history of this show. And it was done so politely. Um, but Desmond talked about the fact that, like, one thing that we really don't think about because we view it from a broadcast angle is how hard it is to see some of these running backs. And apparently it really is a thing where, like, you know, they're behind this wall and you just can't see them. And that's how you end up with, like, you know, D Ford running the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, any other player, because it happens. And so I enjoy watching that. I think that could be fun. I think it'll be really fun, at least for Chiefs fans. I assume Le'Veon Bell will probably get some touches. Um, I don't know. So we'll, I don't know. They, they, didn't, they didn't spend a first-round pick on him or a bunch of money. I don't I don't know if he should be able to touch the football, Seth. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, and I think he's a, he's a good demonstration of why it's just such a catastrophe if you spend a first-round pick on a running back, because where else can you possibly acquire talent? You can never get them anywhere else. There's no never free agents that you can sign, except for you know occasional all pros that have been released. So I don't think I don't think this uh, is going to help you on that, but that's okay. We can we can absolutely move on. I don't really <laughs> no, want to hang out in that space does, today because the the problem is everyone oh, says, "Oh, it's no, opportunity cost." Oh, but if there's no. opportunities everywhere, the opportunity cost doesn't matter nearly as much. That's the entire point, and I will not fight with you about this because I'm already fighting with like eight PFF Twitter guys as to the idea of. Look, a second round pick look, with Quentin Williams gonna... because you know a, a, a boy, you know, a mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. That, se- that second round pick might be one tenth as good as Quentin Williams. So God forbid that we give up that second round pick. And look, actually, the people I'm arguing with, like Eric and Brad, they're they're awesome people. So I feel bad. You don't know that, I'm, but I am going to create a caricature of their argument because straw men are easier to beat up. Right, right. So right, 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 they're just right, going right. to screen. They're just going to screen past the Broncos to death with Le'Veon Bell. It's fine. It's, it's <laughs> they are fine. They're preparing for the Jets game where I'm telling you, they are going to, Le'Veon Bell's getting 45 touches against the Jets. I'm telling you, he should, Patrick Mahomes should be inactive. Le'Veon Bell should be the quarterback (laughs) against the Jets. He should take snaps out of Wildcat and decide to do whatever the hell he wants. He's Le'Veon Bell against the Jets. Are you kidding me? He should walk over and fire Adam Gase himself as a player for the opposing team. Anyway, um... Seth, I know we have you for a, a limited, much like Daniel Jones, we've got you for kind of the first like 75% of this run today. Um, and, and you do have the, the new story up on The Athletic where you've looked at, you know, Clyde with the blocking. You've also written in the Chief of the North newsletter this week about the, the blocking more specifically. And we talked about some of that uh, right after the game. So I don't know how much of that you want to revisit, uh, how much of that you want to look at with Clyde. The other thing is you've written about now, you know, back-to-back weeks, Patrick Mahomes in the pocket, which we didn't really mention at all um, mm-hmm. right after the Bills game because we hadn't really, you hadn't gotten an extra look at the tape or anything yet. And that was interesting yes. to me because you also had that pro football focus tweet come out saying that, that Patrick Mahomes is leading the league right now and pressures charged to quarterbacks. 
And I'm just sort of curious. Obviously, you hate Pro Football Focus and everyone who works there, um, which is what you just said a second ago. But I'm curious if you had that tweet had any merit and what you saw in that angle of looking at the uh, looking at the film. Well, beside the fact that they're bad people with bad takes on the draft. Um, oh, and on they, everything, they, they on the salary cap, on the draft, on uh, life in um, general, love, the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, life in general. yeah, I hate those PFF life tweets. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, man. Seth Seth didn't help get the kids ready for bed. Negative point two on that play. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Can I you imagine like if, oh, do. no. I don't want Pro Football yeah. Focus oh, to no. grade my, oh, I would be, I would not be great. Ate the entire pizza and went to bed yeah. ashamed. Then you would, then, you know? then you would say, you know, actually, that wasn't my assignment there. <laughs> like, what you're reviewing, <laughs> that that wasn't my assignment. No, my assignment yeah. was to be wildly irresponsible. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. I, I was, was a decoy. My assignment was to be checking Twitter <laughs> and not. Um, ordered so, ordered so an the, entire the can of Pringles as a joke. Ate them all in two days. That's not, that is not yeah. a subtweeted Seth, by the way. That's about someone else on this podcast. <laughs> and it's not Nate either. And it's not Danielle either. The original flavored Pringles that, I, that that Renee ordered as a joke on my behalf were gone only by my hand and I believe about two and a half days. Hey, anyway, I'm when, was whenever, it regular, whenever that man was it is a, on the field, he be popping. Like he pops. <laughs> he does not stop. Nice. It, was it a regular size can or was it like the extended larger can? Oh, I was gonna I thought you were gonna say it was an original can or was it the snack size can? And I was about to really thank you for how highly you think of me and my restraint. <laughs> no, it was a regular size Look, can. But that's still Look, too many too yeah, No, that's not, that's not terrific. But what are you going to do? Delicious, though. So they are. So the, the, the tweet, which, by the way, my wife has is cutting out carbs and sugar, which means I'm cutting out carbs and sugar. Let me just tell you, the last 36 hours, not great. Not great, Bob. But anyway, sorry. The, the She's cutting out carbs and sugar, t- which means two other, which means two things. One, it means your house is about to enjoy some magic spoon, and two, it means that you're cutting out carbs and sugar whenever you're in the house. It means I did enjoy some magic spoon just last night, and I, I have to. I promised her I'd support her, so I'm sitting here at work, and my boss comes home with a no! Casey's pizza. Comes home, comes to work with a Casey's pizza. He's like, "Hey, you bought a couple pizzas lately. Half of this is yours." I was like, "What are you doing to me, man?" Like. And, and I didn't eat it. I did not. So anyway, back to this pro football focus tweet. So it, it, it talks about most pressures charged to the quarterback. And Patrick Mahomes leads the league with 24. Now it's worth noting that the three top guys are Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and Kyler Murray. Guys who generally buy a ton more time, right? And they they, they generally play a certain style so there's something to be said for that. They're, they're generally trying to make things happen. However, a pressure charge to a quarterback means the way that they tried to make something happen actually made something bad happen. And so I, I took a look at that with the Bills game, because we talked about that after the Raiders game, that it was kind of a chicken and egg situation where the offensive line was struggling, but Mahomes was not helping. And so against the Bills, he I think he did a better job climbing the pocket. He did a better job with some subtle movements and stuff. But he did still have some crucial snaps that were entirely on him and not the offensive line. The most the most important one being third and seven in the third quarter. A, a drive got killed because he just took off right to try to bail out of the pocket. And he had Byron Pringle open um, on a curl route on the other side of the field. And had he just sat in the pocket and surveyed, it would have been fine. Now, these are nitpicking things. He was still very good. But it can kill drives. And because the Bills weren't getting that much pressure, I've kind of got a to-be-determined 
with how this is going to go over the course of the remaining the remaining course of the season. Mahomes almost he he course corrects everything, right? But not trusting the offensive line is a big deal. We'll see if the performance against the Bills kind of builds on stuff. But it's going to be interesting to see moving forward because it's definitely been more of a thing this year than it was last year, other than a a stretch of two or three games in the middle of the season last year. Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. On the to-be-determined front, I mean, this is sort of shifting topics a little bit, but um, looking at the offensive line and how good it was against the Bills, and there there was honestly at this point, I can't remember if it was in the athletic story, if it was in one of the Chief of the North stories. Um, I actually think it was in the newsletter. But there's there's a clip of the of the Bills linebackers at the beginning of a snap immediately backpedaling, and as you noted in the story, it wasn't like yeah. third and long or anything like the snap happened, and then they started backpedaling. And I think in the athletic story, there was that there was a clip where you were showing like Clyde amongst his blockers or whatever. And there were I, there were either three or four blue jerseys in the frame, and like six or seven red ones. Where it was like, oh yeah, like I can kind of see how some of this is happening here. How whenever you look at the, the same sort of TBD um, mindset on a couple of levels, how? How consistent do you think that can be? Because we saw it against the Texans, and the Texans turned out to not be very good. We saw it against the Bills. That front four is not very good. What do you think that's going to look like in terms of, of recreatability in the the weeks to come? I, it's just going to depend um, on what defenses do. I mean, are they going to... Teams tend to be reactionary, mm-hmm. and they tend to be reactionary in the sense of wins and losses. So I'm curious... I think smart teams will look at the Bills-Chiefs game and say, okay, yes, the Chiefs ran all over them, and it was bad. But the Chiefs, you know, the game was still relatively close in the fourth quarter. Um, here's the interesting thing. We got to experience a new thing where the game didn't really feel close. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, scoreboard-wise, I think you said this, Josh. They dominated everywhere, but the scoreboard, it felt like yeah. at times. yeah. And, and it, I think that's the feeling you get when you're running the ball really, really well is a one score lead does feel fairly comfortable because you know you're going to keep the ball and move it. I get all that, but they weren't putting up as many points and the margin for error can shrink a little bit when you've got fewer possessions. And so teams might look and say, a smart team might look and say, well, you know, they were still kind of close. That's better than Mahomes hanging 40 and us hoping our offense can keep up with that, mm-hmm. right? Um However, I think a lot of teams are likely to say, well, look what happened. The uh, the Bills, you know, they got run roughshod and they lost. And I think teams are more reactionary in that sense than people think. And I think some of it's going to depend on what happens this Sunday. Let's say it's a similar type game. The, the, the Broncos employ a similar process. Lots of too deep and, you know, lots of, you know, linebackers backpedaling. That's one thing that the Bills did different than the Patriots. Patriots linebackers were attacking the line of scrimmage. Yes. That's why... The Chiefs still couldn't run. Now, again, the Patriots, they just, man, they had it down. Like, mm-hmm. Andy got outcoached. Um, 
But if it's a similar thing, only this time now it's, let's say, let's say it is, you know, like what Nate's talking about. Let's say it is Edwards Alaire and Le'Veon Bell, and they run the ball for 250 yards. I think teams, as even smart teams, will look at that and say, well, we can't do that anymore. And you're going to see some shifting around in how teams try to defend the Chiefs. I, I wonder, um, I, 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 as I say, I wonder from a from a Broncos standpoint, like, is there, is there a willingness to blitz more with the ability of still playing a decent amount back in the backfield? That way, the intermediate zone is obviously the, the weak point. But if you know Mahomes and Reed and Biennemi still want to throw the ball deep downfield, if you can get, if you can kind of get away with that on a couple snaps, um, if that is a sort of adjustment to whatever we've seen so far. But, you know, the problem with that is, yes, maybe Patrick Mahomes takes more pressure than usual, but he's still the best person to throw the football even when pressured. So mm-hmm. I look at the statistic. Both as like, it's not great, but it's not the worst thing either because um, he's, he's still really accurate, whether it's going to be a snow game, whether it's in the rain, or obviously if, if the conditions are, are you know, what you would hope for the ability to pass football with great success. I, I It'll be fascinating to see, like, what do the Broncos linebackers do? Because they're, they're not a bad group, but I don't think they're one of the best linebacking cores in the league either. I think we're about to lose Seth. Seth, is this true? Are you Batmaning away from the you, show once again? You are. I'm. I'm. I'm walking away from the show. I just not permanent, permanently, mind you. Permanently, he's <laughs> walking away with the show to fight with with Eric Eager on Twitter full time. It's uh, it's really yep. taking a lot of Seth's time. We just tweeted about it again. Yep. Well, no, it's yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna have to. I, that's my full time job now. Is gonna be to argue about the value of draft picks on Twitter. Yep. Um. At so Real I just fan. want to I support with two you things. in your new endeavor. Sorry, go ahead. I just want to make sure. Sure, I appreciate yep. that. I, so two things before I go. One, the Broncos are clearly going to win by 30. Yes. Drew Locke is the best quarterback in the AFC West. No question. Um, you know, Spagnola was doomed. Over to Derek get Carr? Amped. Sorry? Really? Are you sure? Okay. Well, well, all right. Just, yeah, I know. Even better. Yeah, Even better. Okay. So they're going to put up 50. Um, I'm saying all these things, and that that is how I feel. <laughs> the other thing is the Chiefs really should trade a second round pick for Quentin Williams. They really should. They really should. They really should. I'll let you guys discuss that. As always, it's been a treat. Thank you, Seth. Thank you for your service. I don't think they're going to trade Quentin Williams for a second, right? I don't yeah, think they can let somebody, Adam Gase do that. Is somebody going to tell uh, Seth that how much money is a quarterback going to make in a couple of years? <laughs> like That's also true. I did see the idea of like trade for Quentin Williams and then you have to make a decision with him and Chris Jones or whatever. Quentin Williams is worth a second round pick. I'm good with that. The Jets are going to take the keys from Adam Gase, I think. I don't know if they're going to fire him yet, but I think they're going to say, "Hey, you can't you can't, you know, trade DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson." I think they got I think they got to they got to make sure they don't get bobbed. Yes. Yeah. I I I would get the sense that as much as as fun as it is to talk about all of this, like um Clark Hunt would like to keep his draft picks. <laughs> mm, that's also true because we've, we've you've talked about that before actually recently right? yeah I mean, like they don't like it's tired of trading them well i mean you can only be so aggressive so often and so uh this is where it gets to the diligence of both andy brett with clark overseeing everything but i you know as fun as it would be for this season um financially like more more draft picks is probably the better way to go 
the the problem with that is you have hold to on, have... hold on really quick, Nate. Sorry, really quick. I know Seth's gone, but it could be a boat. There we go. Sorry, I was just doing his thing. Ah, uh, so yes. I mean, it, it, I mean, it could it, it could be a boat. Problem is, um, you you need as many you need as many of those picks to continue to, um, because we don't want to get too deep into like the future, but like they they need to these next couple of drafts are going to be important just because you know one player in the league is set to make close to half a billion dollars Quinnen williams is under contract through 2022 he's actually he's got that 2023 fifth year option right there come on nate play with me because where was he where was he taking to the draft where was he taking in the draft very, very, very highly. I believe it was. I believe it was top. I believe it was top three. I believe. I believe it was. So you, three. so you, you bang the fifth year option. You tell him that he's yeah. on a good team. You tell him that, like, yeah. hey man, all these other guys are taking discounts, which is kind of how we got you here. Look, I can play mm. both sides of this. I understand. I mean, if they trade this dude, uh, just discontinue the the, the Jets. Like that's we, the thing. I that, just don't the, think the Jets are like going to trade him for a second. I just my head would explode. The Roger Goodell does not usually want to get involved to this degree. Uh, like he's no you know David Stern, but he would have to pull right. David Stern. Like hold 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 on hold on. Uh, you're telling me the worst team in the league is trading one of its best players to literally <laughs> the best team in the league? No, no, no. Not even Chris Paul got to the Lakers. No! Right. Um, so, like, it's... I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, the, the, the Also... Also, the Chiefs' second round pick is not the same as you know no. the Texans' second round. Actually, that was I picked the worst team that has no picks, but you know what I mean. Yeah, right, and, and that's why someone is no longer employed there. Um, yeah, I yeah, there's no way. There's just I I wanna I I I, I wanna tell y'all that these things are possible. I can't do that. Like responsibly, <laughs> I just real. This I is can't. where you're drawing the line. That's fascinating. I, I can't. Like, if Quentin Williams walks through that door, we can't play the rest of the season. Like, we just it's just over at that it's point. Just over. <laughs> I will listen. I think the Chiefs should make any trade that the Jets want to make at this point. Until the moment Adam Gase is no longer there, I think I think every team should do every trade they can with the Jets. I would definitely be I calling them. Be. I would definitely, yeah, you know. Uh, I would I would be annoying. Uh, to, you know, which, which I which in 2020 don't want to be at this point. I know everybody's got oh, like it's not like people are on set schedules the way we've come accustomed to. But I would I right. would be you know nauseating to the point of hey man hey 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 just just want to get just want to catch it just want to catch it just hauling up falling up circling back circling back let's uh hey let's, just regarding my last email hey I want to make sure you got that. <laughs> Hey, Adam. Adam, buddy. Hey, we're, uh, we play together in a couple of weeks. Just wanted to see if, uh, we'll tell you what, what if you trade him to us like two days before that game so we can't play him against you because of the COVID protocols? We, we help you help help us help you. Maybe yeah. you can cover that 22 and a half or whatever. Right. And like, just think of it this way you know, we only got one life to live. We might as well live it. <laughs> Uh, listen, if it it was working for Coleccio Simile, it would work for Quinn and Williams. I'm feeling pretty good about Le'Veon Bell also at this point. Uh, let's talk about the most recent New York to Kansas City transplant. He, uh, he spoke to the media for the first time this week 
as a member of the Chiefs. You, of course, wrote about him in The Athletic. I'm I'm curious what you took away from his press conference because even as I have become uh, a bit press conference jaded, generally speaking, I thought his was legitimately pretty interesting. Yeah, it was. And um, I respect that he was just like, guys, I, I could write a chapter in a book about the Jets, but it just didn't work right. out. Like, it just, just right. didn't work out. Stop asking me about the Jets. They, Stop asking me out. about the Jets. Um. So he he made it pretty clear that this is where he wanted to be. Um, I look back at that. Was it was it praying hands emoji when he got released? I think yes. Uh, yes. It's, the part of me's like, so so you knew right? You knew. Um, it's cool that like Chris Jones, one of his best friends in the league, basically was like, if you make this mistake again, I can't be friends with you, dog. Like I can't. <laughs> I can't do this. I, I look. You want me to pound the table on Brett Veach's desk again? What do you want me to do? Uh, <laughs> I also think that like reinvention and rehabilitation and just want to be a good teammate and just winning. Like again, I've mentioned this before. It all sets up uh, a nice narrative, but these are these are legitimate facts too. Um, it isn't just filibustering for the sake of doing it. The mm-hmm. the idea that. He called Clyde Edwards-Alaire might be the most interesting part in all of this, Seth. Yeah. Because it's an acknowledgement that, and I wrote this in The Athletic, it's an acknowledgement that it is a 10-game season. It is a 10-game sample size. I know I'm going to have limited touches. It's just a matter of making the most of my opportunities while also being a small part of your NFL career, Clyde. Um, because if all goes well, you'll be with the Chiefs for at least seven years. You'll play four years out of your rookie deal. You'll get a new deal. You'll play three years of that, and then we'll see where it goes. Um, because mm-hmm. like, how many years did Le'Veon Bell play for the Steelers? I imagine it was four or five, right? And then in the hold down, yeah, five, so, right? I think it was five. So like, if everything goes well, because you're in a better situation than I was, and it may stay that way, it may change, of course. But like, hey, maybe for like the first seven years of your career, you'll be with the Chiefs, and everything will go fine. But I just want to be that. I just want to be that nice ten game mentor, motivator. Uh, the ability to tell you all the things I've learned within the framework of this new offense that I'm, you know, sort of being a quick study on, and then to tell him that if we just win a championship together, we'll always be tied to one another. And wouldn't that be cool, dog? Like <laughs> you didn't win a Super Bowl with him last year. I haven't won. I haven't sniffed the Super Bowl, even though I was on a you know a historic franchise in the Steelers. So they they can both help one another. And I thought it was interesting and pretty wise for the old man to be like, no, I, I called Clyde and was like, hey man, like I get it. It's not going to be you want to touch the ball four hundred times. You don't want to do that, right? Why don't you Why don't you have right. me come aboard and right? Uh, we'll see. We'll see how much they can build a relationship as you know as quickly as within a month because it's really gonna it's really gonna be interesting to see by mid-December with like maybe two games left in the regular season where we are with these two and how it works mm-hmm. within the whole you know framework of the offense as Sammy Watkins comes back at some point. Um to know if the if the Chiefs have just too many options for a defense or 
if there's more, you know, roadblocks and hurdles along the way that we just can't see yet. There was also some talk, and specifically Mahomes spoke to this, about Le'Veon Bell in the locker room and that kind of thing. And and the more that I've kind of thought back over this, and I think some people have written about this already, I don't mean to like steal anybody's take, but anyone who said this so far, I think has gotten this right, where you look back at, at Le'Veon Bell, the like quote unquote locker room problem, this dude's not Antonio Brown. No, nope. don't. They both played for the Steelers, and that's about it. What happened in Pittsburgh? I mean, he missed the last game of the 2017 season. I think that was like a coach's decision. Like, where like just something went wrong there at the very, very end. And like we talked about, you know, Mike Tomlin deserves every Coach of the Year award for like holding that put together that for as long as he did and everything. Now. <laughs> put him in the Hall of Fame. Put him in. Put him in. Put him in bronze. Like no question. But also, like, that was about Le'Veon Bell not feeling like the Steelers had valued him properly. And now, listen, I wouldn't have paid him more than that. And the Steelers, I think, were justified in all of that. And then they were justified with the offense still being good with James Conner. And right. then, the, then he didn't get all that money he wanted from the Jets, even after sitting out for a year. But, like, that was about him and and valuing himself and money. And then it was Adam Gase in Adam Gase's Jets where he signs with the Jets only to find out that Adam Gase didn't want him in the first place. Right. Like, he he is not and then the, he's and, not gone to a bunch of teams and, like, tanked them. He, he Nobody had a bad word to say about him for five years in Pittsburgh until the very, very end. Right. When he when it became clear that he was above market for his position, which is which is yeah. which is which was real. Like, and again, right. The NFL, yeah. the NFL's you know, franchise tag is diabolical. Nobody would work yep. in their marketing account or their yep. or their accounting. Like, if, if like they don't even do this at the IRS. <laughs> right. They don't tell you. Right. Hey, for this year, because um, we think you know maybe there's two companies out there that that may want to that may want to sniff around and and ask you about a new a new job posting they got out there. Yeah, what I'm going to do is enact a one-year salary. You can't go anywhere, and you can't make as much money as you possibly would had you left. Yep. And, and you know, um, pursued, pursued your career to the fullest. Uh, they don't even do that in the government. So, right. beyond that, <laughs> the, the interesting thing was Mike Tomlin had basically told Le'Veon, like, look, man, this is the way the system is. It's screwed up. I, I know. You know. I can only do so much. It's not like Ben Roethlisberger is really going to help from a personality mm-hmm. standpoint. But anyway, mm-hmm. man, like just just ride with me, dog. Just ride with me. And Le'Veon was like, I can't do that. And then he right. went to the Jets, which, Josh, it's like you're like, okay, cool. Got the offer. I'm going to go down. They're going to pack my stuff up. All right, let's do this. You get there. It's orientation. And they're like, hey, man, that dude that hired you, he gone now. <laughs> like, we got rid yep. of the GM. Yep. What? Yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> and your new boss doesn't like you. He doesn't right. like pay you. Like, doesn't want to use you. Again, we just, we just have to think about these things in, like, relatable, real-life situations. My son is in kindergarten, Okay. If they got rid of Miss Chambers today, we riot. All right, come on, like, like what are we doing? So, I just I I think about that in the idea that they're like, hey, there's hey, there's a really good player across from you on the other side of the football. Yeah, we're gonna trade him in a few weeks. Like, wait, 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 yeah. what? What? Where's Jamal going? No. So you're you're right. I mean, Josh, it's just it's hilarious and like really deflating. So mm-hmm. all of this is to say is. He can actually have fun and do his job, which 
whoa! Yeah. Like, you know how that it would improve the lives of millions of Americans? Millions! Yeah. If you had fun to some degree at your job, okay? If your job yeah. was something fun involved like maybe not all the time because hey you gotta you, you know you gotta lift weights you gotta watch film you gotta run around you're getting hit like cool but like at least some like can it be fun can it kind of be fun can i play next yeah. to somebody like patrick mahomes and not sam darnold like can it not be actively unfun can i not <laughs> can my boss not be a crazy person like yeah yeah, yeah that all, that's all fair i think yeah yeah so it it is it's all very interesting because he he his perception and his reputation and reality are very intertwined it's fascinating to see how this plays out and look if you win it will remove a lot of the a lot of the the blemish off of you, you know. And he yeah. he knows that, and so does the rest of the league. I mean, he he probably won't make a contract as big as he got with the Jets ever again. But like, mm-hmm. he can still make a really nice chunk of change if he plays, you know, good football, has fun, is a good teammate, and uh, Andy Reid ain't gonna take that bull. Right. Right. So I I would be I would be really really surprised if in eight weeks we're talking about how they've cut Le'Veon Bell because something something crazy happened. And by the way, they could do that if they wanted. Like if it got real bad, yeah, they could just be like, "Yep, yep, we're you're good. This money is not guaranteed. You're all right. Cool. Thank you for your service. Thank you very little. Goodbye." Yeah, and that would be horrific to Le'Veon Bell's future in terms of yes. generating a you know sizable market um yep i look man just just take this ball from patrick mahomes with blockers in front of you and just see what happens like yep if if vic fangio shout out to vic who is getting more and more like anthony lynn by the day (laughs) 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 vic fangio is like look guys they may be averaging less than 30 points this year they're they're more explosive like they're they're more Mm explosive this year i don't know what they gonna do they got Le'Veon bell now what in the world like how i tell my boys to be ready like like <laughs> he's going the full anthony lid it's it's nice it's nice to acknowledge it because i always thought coaches should have done the same thing when it came to like peyton manning back when he was with the broncos mm-hmm. where it's just like what do you mm-hmm. mean what are we talking about like he's peyton manning right. like what, what do you think we gonna stop him so it's funny that like the teams in the division um, are either acknowledging that they have little chance in Vic Fangio and Anthony Lynn, or they're being like Gruden, where it's just like, I have to play this as if it's literally the Super Bowl. That's the only way we have a yeah. chance of winning. Yeah, we've got to either we've got to either put all of our eggs in this basket or take all of our eggs to next week and try then. Because those you cannot you cannot half egg this. Which is sort of what the Bills did. Felt felt like the Bills put half their eggs in the Chiefs basket and it did not work. Yeah, and just I mean, I'm disappointed in you, Josh Allen. I'm disappointed. I, I wanted <laughs> I, that more. hurt me for a second. That pause between Josh and Allen really just, struck me. I just I got nervous. <laughs> I just wanted more from you, sir. And I mean I more ridiculousness. Too. Not even better play. Yeah. Just Mm-mm. I just more. I just wanted more. Now, shout out to Dan Sorensen, because he made a circus interception on a ball where I didn't know where he was throwing it, but hey man. Um 
I just expect more, Josh Allen. I just, I just expect more. Now for Drew Locke, that, that 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 pick didn't matter. Jo- for no, Josh Allen's not. real craziness to happen, for, for it to all feel good, for it to all really count, it needs to matter a little bit. Yeah, it needs to come early in the second quarter when we've gotten through all the yeah. scripted plays and we can just start yep. playing real football now. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, no, no, son, <laughs> no, no. What you doing? Like, I just wanted a couple need to be of consequences. Yeah, I just wanted more of those. Um, f- funny thing, I want to put this in the context of Drew Lott. Um, he's mm-hmm. rooted for the Chiefs his whole life. Um, his first loss as an NFL starter, I believe, was in Arrowhead Stadium. Weird fact. And Drew sort of made the, the you know, sort of the analogy that, like, hey, it's like all of a sudden I've become Dark Vader. Like, yeah, I don't totally understand. I kind I mean, I kind of get like the Chiefs fan Mizzou thing, I guess. I don't, it feels, honestly, it feels a little bit maybe too effusive in his praise of himself because Darth Vader was very powerful and I'm not <laughs> sure that Drew Locke is. Yeah. I, I mean, they got some nice weapons right there. I, I, I like, I like some of the weapons they got. It'll be interesting to see. They're also getting healthy too, but I, I know he's from a mental place of saying, man, it would have been great had like the Chiefs not been such world beaters <laughs> when I yeah, came into the league. Kidding. <laughs> or that like John Elway, who by the way, just found a plan, ladies and gentlemen, wouldn't have wouldn't have chosen me as the quarterback to try to yeah. take down Patrick Mahomes two times out of the year. Um it's gonna be interesting because he's you know, Drew is used to throwing the ball more then the Broncos are letting him throw the ball. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So it'll be fascinating to see from that standpoint, how much do the Bills, or excuse me, how much do the Broncos stay on their script, stay on their plan? And as I texted both you, Seth, and Danielle, in all caps, in the fourth quarter, when it became clear that running the football was no longer was no longer necessary, Oh, yes. <laughs> I texted in all caps, Josh, they're going to let Josh Allen go to football. And so <laughs> I just wonder when will that text come when they're going to say, rip the bandaid off. Like, we're going to have to let Drew Locke pass the ball for 10 straight snaps, which means more bad and good can occur at a higher level. I don't, I don't know. Um, it's it's just gonna be fun because I think Drew Locke has real talent. I think mm-hmm. he is capable of being a successful quarterback in this league. A lot little Rich Gannon in him. Um, I I just I don't know. I don't know, Josh. I I I want this game to be close because it's a divisional yeah. game on the road in the snow, perhaps. But like, eh, eh. I don't know, dog. I I also kind of want and maybe wanted Drew Locke to be good. I feel like I'm slowly becoming a Drew Lock truther though, like because they beat the they beat the Patriots last week. Right? Yeah, yeah, good, Legit- good legitimate, solid win, legitimate win. Yes, Cam Cam yeah. Newton was on the field, unlike you know yes. a couple weeks ago, which which may not have actually helped the Patriots, but he was on the field. Do you like uh, Drew Lock's stat line in that game? And listen, oh, it wasn't great. You know, if Seth's if Seth's taught me anything, it's that the box score always tells the full story. <laughs> Seth says that all the time. Seth says all you need is the box score. Yep. But just just for the sake of illustration here, he was 10 for 24. That's a 41% completion. It's not percentage. great. For 189 yards, 
no touchdowns, two picks. That's uh, that's a 35 quarterback rating. I, 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 yeah. But that wasn't a true luck game. Well, what about his other full game he played this year against the Titans? Well, they lost that game 16-14. to 14. And, like, the Titans are good, but I don't know that we think that their defense is, like, going to hold every single good offense to 14 points. And even in that game where he completed 66% of his passes, he was 22 at 33. That's a third of them. That's for 216 yards and a touchdown. Like, that that was a very, like, reserved, like, game manager Drew Locke kind yeah. of game. The idea that he's going to end up – Rich Gannon is kind of a fun comp. I think that there was a thought as they were winning all those games at the end of uh, at the end of last year. Every, they beat everybody except for the Chiefs with Locke last year. I think there was like a little bit of a like, ooh, you know, he can he'll slang it a little bit. And I just even then, even then, he was averaging like two hundred yards passing per game. Like it, it, but it felt good for Broncos fans, you know. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm just not, I'm just. I'm worried that I am becoming an accidental Drew Locke hater just because I look down the list and go like, oh, he had a good game against Houston. Against Houston, he was a great his second start. And that's it. Like that's that's it. Maybe his first two starts, but that's the whole list. I, yeah, because it was interesting that you would add Gordon in the backfield with Philip mm-hmm. Lindsay. To be a balanced offense, um, which yeah. I think Vic Fangio honestly wants to do. And so the general manager, John Elway, did something right for his coach in his coaching mm-hmm. philosophy as a whole. Like, it's a passing league, but to be balanced gives you, gives you, you know, multiple options in terms of, you know, how to succeed. Um, we all know that because this year has been hella strange and no preseason games that like some of these second year quarterbacks have just not been great, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm just interested to know how Drew will look Sunday compared to, you know, the second matchup between these two teams, because I always feel like, particularly since I started covering the chiefs that it's, it's one thing to see the chiefs in the first iteration of the matchup and then to see them in the second mm-hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you can ask Bill O'Brien that you can ask Anthony Lynn that you can ask like a number of coaches, like how different one team looks as another team is trying to, you know, continue to to chase or to be a, a a contender for either the division or to get into the playoffs. But Drew Locke needs balance, but he needs to be in rhythm. Uh, they got a deep threat. Maybe. Maybe I mean mm-hmm. I, lo- I love Judy. I love Judy. Yeah, he's so he's good. great. He's so yeah, yeah. good. But you know, offensive line's got to hold up. They got to scheme it up the right way, mm-hmm. and then it comes down to execution. So I I I feel like I don't want to give up on Drew Locke just yet. But if he has a game like Josh Allen did on Monday, right, right, and we all know Steve Spagnuolo kind of he he will kind of show you. Here's the fault. Here's where this dude mm-hmm. struggles. And here's what mm-hmm. we know we can do with a fully functioning, healthy group of defensive players. Um, because the secondary quietly is going to get back to like health because Bashad yeah. Freeland is you know taking that rust off. Shavarius Ward, even though he gave up a touchdown, like you mentioned, 
Josh, it was it was one of those where it's just like, man, that's just that's just an overall very good play by the right receiver. And that mm-hmm. happens because those guys are athletic freaks. But other than mm-hmm. that, he was pretty good. They didn't give up the deep ball because Juan Thornhill made some nice plays. Like the secondary may stabilize as we move forward. Um I don't know. Like, we kind of need to see something, Drew. Like, like Lee Summit West needs to see something. Uh, <laughs> right, you know, Mizzou fans, they 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 kind of need to see something. Uh, if you want to keep rapping Jeezy verses, we kind of need to see something, dog. Uh, that's great, though. I would say, I would say keep doing that regardless, and then also play quarterback if possible. Yeah, at a high level, <laughs> at a high level, please. <laughs> this, so this is uh, like I, to be like as clear as I can. You know, the from for myself at least, the Broncos should give Drew Luck every possible snap the remainder of this season. Yes. This entire season is about seeing if if you think Drew Lock is the guy. Right. And you know, I think I think their worst case scenario is getting to the end of this year and then still not really being sure. Because you you don't wanna spend another year doing that. Like two two years of, of sort of really and really going into his third year obviously, like as under contract. Yeah. That's kind of a that's kind of a while to be kind of in that limbo a little bit. You, whenever you start getting to that space, then it's halfway through that season he gets benched for like Marcus Mariota or whatever. I know he's not with that AFC West <laughs> team right now, but he, there's a, just think about it. Like there's a pretty good chance. Like if 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 they get to the end of this year and Drew Locke doesn't look great, but he doesn't look awful, they're gonna sign a veteran quarterback. That'll be Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick next his next round goes to Denver. He'll he'll start six games there next year. I mean the beard, but the, like the beard in the mountains, I can see it. Ooh, that's good actually. I like that a lot. Um, and, and these are not like all meaningful numbers by any means, but it is just kind of fun and, and kind of funny to put this to Drew Locke so far. That first game against the Chargers, he threw two touchdowns and one pick. He only threw for 134 yards, though, on 28 attempts. Then against Houston, Houston's the game that Broncos fans should go rewatch to try to get themselves hyped up. Like, 22 for 27, that's an 81% completion percentage, threw for 300 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Like, that right there, that's what you're looking for. But then after that, like, just yard totals are kind of, they're just wacky outside of that game. 134, 208, 192, 177, 216, got injured after 20, and then 189 last week uh, against the Patriots. I mean, you can look, again, those are all pretty dumb numbers in terms of analysis, but just sort of looking at that form of production, even like yards per attempt, air yards per attempt, right? Everything is everything is is pretty average outside of that Houston game. And being an average quarterback has value, it's just not. You don't build around average. Average is what steps in whenever somebody gets hurt, ideally. You yeah. know, like that's average is your backup. And I, I'll be really interested to just sort of keep an eye on Locke over the course of the rest of this season to figure out if the Broncos have what what tier he goes in, basically. Because I don't think he's garbage. I just am not convinced that he's he's one of the quarterbacks that that elevates the guys around him as opposed to succeeding when the guys around him are elevating him, if that makes sense. Yeah, right. And it's, you know, another comp. Like, you hope, like, maybe he can... Sometimes it just takes guys longer than we hope or than we sort of anticipate. And, like, maybe, you know, maybe there's a Trent Green situation here where not he doesn't have to go from one team to another, but, like, it just takes a little bit longer um Trent Green's situation was injury related as well but like when the settings are optimal 
you know, mm-hmm. Trent Green was like a very good quarterback, like all pro yeah. level quarterbacking. Also in a conference with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, mm-hmm. but <laughs> like, which may be legitimate because like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, and Joe Burrow and Tua, we'll see. But like, there's there's got to be a chance for Drew, um, to sort of keep rising. And he needs he needs some fourth quarter moments, um, which I think is big for a locker room specifically. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, it'll it'll be fascinating because I think Chiefs fans should really look at this game and look at the other quarterback and just know, you know, this is the opposite of when you get a quarterback, you know, relative to the first round. I mean, he he you know, a a legitimate quarter quarterback prospect, um. And this is the other side of it when it just doesn't doesn't you know go off a Richter scale immediately. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So it's yeah. it just takes it just takes longer. He ain't Sam Darnold, thank God. Right, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but he also he also hasn't like you know he, like I also wonder like if this is a little Jimmy Garoppolo-y, where it's like hey he had a nice little start mm. and then it was like ooh mm-hmm. what was that and then guess what. Yeah, everything around him got really good, and he got really good to a certain degree up until the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Which, hey, man, like you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of an interesting. Yeah, hmm. I mean, hmm. I'm just I saying, like that. I'm just saying. I mean, if and if the coaching staff gets more time, which is always the issue, it's like, hey, can hmm. Vic like? Survive this year? Yeah, but but he has Vic Fangio and not Kyle Shanahan, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there goes that cop out the window. Um, yeah. I, but, well, but you there there are there are a number of ways for him to succeed later on. It doesn't have to start Sunday, but he can't be embarrassingly bad. Um, like yeah. They're going to protect Josh Allen. Um, they're going to protect Lamar Jackson. They are not going to protect Drew Locke if he stinks on Sunday. Yeah. I'm, uh, I mean, so I, outside of specifically Drew Locke, I'm curious if anything else jumps out, Jim. I mean, we, we've talked about in terms of what the Chiefs offense has done successfully, what they did successfully against the Bills. We, we touched on the the secondary, yep. right? We'll, we'll see on that front. Um, the Chiefs pass rush really for two weeks in a row now has been quiet. I mean, they were, they, I think they were by a lot of, by a lot of uh, measurements, like, ungood against the Raiders <laughs> against the Bills it was just sort of quiet right yeah like, there's weren't a bunch of big plays but 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 Josh Allen was uncomfortable yep. you know um so that's all fine with me but I mean looking from the pass rush affecting Drew Locke to can the the Broncos pass rush do anything to Patrick Mahomes what do we expect the offensive line to look like what do you think the best strategy is for the Broncos as they look at what has and hasn't worked against the Chiefs these last couple of weeks what are you expecting from them uh defensively or you know the Chiefs offensively yeah I I would say that for the Broncos you you've kind of got to continue to mix it up I would I would be I would be okay with with them playing Ben don't break defense but I also understand too that the Bills were not an attacking group in the red zone, and I just don't know if that's mm. I don't know if that's smart. Um, mm-hmm. You can you can play back, but at some point Travis Kelsey's going to work somebody. <laughs> like if yep. there's no pressure on the quarterback, so 
you know, if you're the bill or if, you know, if you're the bills, you're like, hey, you know, Ben don't break. Like we got we got a chance. Hold him under thirty. Like, yeah, sure. For the Broncos, um, Sammy Watkins is probably not going to play. Um, so that's that's your first win. Um, they need to do a little bit better at tackling than the Bills did. I think you get to the red zone and you pick your moments as to when you want to blitz and you limit the amount of options Patrick Mahomes has. And, hey, if he breaks contain, scrambles, and still throws the football in the end zone, well, then you were going to lose that snap regardless, sir. Um, right. That's right. I I – I just, I just want the Broncos to be legitimate in their game plan because, like I mentioned in the last episode, I see what the Bills were doing. They just didn't understand the situation <laughs> as best as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe Vic has some has some things uh, that he can put on tape. I do like the Broncos' ability to keep Patrick in the pocket, if that makes sense. Like they don't rush in a manner that's like violently wild or is like chaotic, like the Ravens. Um, Mm -hmm. So maybe they have the better chance of keeping contained against Patrick Mahomes. If that, if that all makes sense Um, on the other side of the ball, I know people want to watch Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Rizalair and how that all going to work. How's the snap distribution going to go? How many, packages can can Andy Reid jam into Le'Veon Bell's brain so that he can be on the field for however many snaps. Um this this is this is this is chapter four of Patrick Mahomes in Mile High. That's that's what this game is really about in my mind, um before seeing whatever plays out. Josh, yeah. do you want to go through a a quick history of what Patrick Mahomes has done to Broncos fans? I would love that. I would love that because I also would know there there is a his, there is a hero's journey in there. Something bad happened against the Broncos, also. So, I was not covering the team, but it was the end of the 2017 season. They let this kid, yes, sir. They let this kid do whatever he wanted in scout team for 16 weeks. Can you imagine the games he used to play on Justin Houston's brain? Anyway, uh, he shows up. Oh my god! He might. I think he broke. I was gonna say he broke Justin Houston, but he's been like okay in Indy, so that's not. Yes. Yeah, oh my goodness! I would pay money for that. I hey NFL Game Pass, get me that tape, please. He made all the throws in his first career start. All the throws, and he threw a pick, which was like, yep, yeah, that's what we expect. And then he settled mm-hmm. down, and then they took him out of the game because they're like, well, we're up ten, duh. And then was it Ricky Stanzi? Who was it? Or was it or was it Bray? I think it was Bray. But no, I think it was Tyler Bray. Ty- Ricky Stanzi was, I think I think Tyler Bray came in for a for a <laughs> Tyler beat. Bray came in and had one of the greatest two two drives in NFL history. <laughs> it's just like, ooh, this is bad. And then, oh no. Um, fumble return for a touchdown. So they bring Patrick in. He, of course, rips the hearts out of Broncos fans, goes right down the field. They get a game-winning kick. Uh, from Harrison Bucker, all is well. And it's like, hey, that was fun. Um, the next year, it was Monday Night Football, when everyone realized, we just playing a game, and uh, it's going to be hard <laughs> to beat this man. He threw a pass left-handed, y'all. <laughs> Which, to this day, is still Eric Bieniemy's favorite play in Patrick Mahomes' career. Yeah. Running away yeah. from Vaughn Miller, it was like, hey, dog. Yep. <laughs> I can't let you sack me. Here's a left-handed pass to Tyreek Hill. It was third and 20. (laughs) Third and 20! Or second and 20. I can't even remember, but it was something in 20. And he converted. 
Um, in a in a comeback winning uh drive in the fourth quarter. Um, and then last year, you know, uh, he got hurt and then mm-hmm. walked off the field. <laughs> like what? Mm-hmm. Um, told his told his teammates, "Hey, go win the game." And then they smashed the Broncos. Uh, so this, you know. No road venue in Patrick Mahomes' career is as interesting as the one in Denver. And so I'm just mm-hmm. fascinated to see what part four is. Um, he has tortured no opponent quite like the Broncos because now the Raiders have the have the ability to be just like the Chargers. Hey, we beat this man once. Broncos fans right. cannot say that yet. Um, nope. So uh, I, I know that there's a lot going on. I know the offensive line will be interesting too because – I don't know if you looked at the Chiefs' depth chart, but Daniel Kilgore is now the starting center, not Austin Ryder. I know know there's a lot going on, but this is Patrick Mahomes in Denver, and that just means something because it's Mm. been fascinating every time he's played in that venue. So Tyler Bray threw one pass in that game. It was incomplete. He he short-hopped it to to somebody, if I can remember And then there was the... The fumble returned for a touchdown. Um, both teams had a fumble return for a touchdown in that game. And if you can tell me all the players that scored a touchdown in that game, I'll Venmo you $100. Anthony Sherman. <laughs> if, if you can tell me all the Chiefs, I'll send you 10 Anthony Sherman, right? He scored a touchdown. That's absolutely scored a touchdown. Oh, who was the sick? Well, Kareem Hunt, right? Those are two. How many? So I, I got to get one more, right? Oh no! I, I all the all the Chiefs for yeah. I'll send you ten for all the Chiefs. I'll send you a hundred for everyone in the game who scored a touchdown. Oh, I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not googling this right now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, also, I'm not nervous, and it's down to ten for anything. I don't have a hundred dollars. <laughs> so it's, I need one more guy, right? One more Chief. Who's yeah? Oh, who scored for the Chiefs? God. it's not it's not Demarcus Robinson because he should have scored, but he didn't score. Oh, it's Patrick Mahomes on the scramble. Um. It was not. Oh! Patrick Mahomes was not responsible for a touchdown. My $10 and $100 are safe. It was Rameek Wilson. Oh, off the. Oh. Hey, Rameek man. Wilson had a fumble return touchdown. Here's, here's who else scored in this game. Not counting the kicks. This is right, why I was right. pretty confident about, about the, uh, the Broncos also. You're not, you're not getting my hundo. <laughs> D'Angelo Henderson. Caught a touchdown pass from Paxton Lynch. Yep. Yep, let's do Demarius it. Demarius Thomas caught a touchdown pass from Paxton Lynch. And Zaire Anderson had a 38-yard fumble return touchdown. I just didn't think you were going to get the two de- the two defensive touchdowns nope. from this game. And, and this uh, is, and I this, felt all right about that. And this is less than three years ago because that was week 17. Y'all. Yes. A lot can change in the NFL yes. in a very quick manner. Two linebackers scored touchdowns in that game. Wow. I mean anyway. Yeah. What a weird what a weird game. We that that would have been a good thing to just go revisit just in preparation for this week. Maybe maybe next time with the with the Broncos we need to just go back and watch that game again because any game that involved touchdowns from yeah, Kareem Hunt not on the team, um, D'Angelo Henderson from Paxton Lynch, Anthony Sherman on a one yard run, Rameek Wilson touchdown. I don't even know where Rameek Wilson is at this point. Is he still in LA? I, uh, uh, he's in, oh, he's in Tampa. No, he's in Arizona. He's in Arizona. Now it was last year. Is he not on the roster right now? Maybe. I don't know. Be. Looks like he's not on the roster right now. I knew he was in LA 
Not last year. Apparently, he was on the Cardinals last year. Anyway. Uh, Rameek Wilson scored a touchdown. Zaire and Alexander scores a touchdown. Demarius Thomas, Denver Bronco, catches a touchdown pass from Paxton Lynch, who is is Paxton. Okay, right now, without looking, is who does Paxton Lynch play for? Is he on a roster right now? I think he just got on a roster. He got... He was he was signed to a roster in October, released from that roster in September 2020. Okay, he was signed by a team. He's been he was on the same team from October 2019 through September 2020. He was released though in sept on September 6, 2020, by the Pittsburgh Steelers, huh. according to Pro Football Reference. Okay, uh. that dude was a first round pick. That it was a first round pick in yeah. 2016. Yeah. yeah. The Chiefs were in on Paxton Lynch, right? Mm. That was a thing. I don't know. He might still be getting paid. I think he's still getting paid by the Broncos. Probably. That's that that is probably happening. Woof. Woof. Anyway. Look, sometimes you can get paid. Uh, what happens in this sometimes game? you have to deal with Paxton Lynch. It just it happens, you know? Yeah. Boy, that's that is a rough one though. Um, what happened in this game, Nate? Give me, give me the the <sighs> Nate Taylor certified guarantee. Take it to the bank picks. What's the line in this game? Nine and a nine half. Nine and a half. Game? Yeah, that which is why I was gonna say Chiefs twenty seven, Broncos seventeen. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna go right to it. <laughs> yeah, that feels right. That feels about right to me. I at this point, I think I'd be more surprised. I, uh, this might be because I saw it happen, but I think I'd be more surprised if they lost this game than, than losing to the Raiders. And again, that might just be because I saw how the Raiders did it. I don't, this is going to sound insane, but like, I don't think the Broncos could, could copy the Raiders game plan if they wanted. Oh no. Like, I just don't think it's there. No. But think about it. Think about it, Vic. There's one way to get the football from the Chiefs. It is to strip the ball. Mm-hmm. Inclement weather may help you in this in this in this voyage. Um, I don't care what the conditions are. You could be on planet Pluto, and it's a planet, y'all. <laughs> it's a planet. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is not throwing interceptions. He definitely not throwing multiple. Okay, but if you are playing in the snow and it's a little sloppy. It's a little slippery. Hey, 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 hey. You might want to punch that ball out. Just see what happens. Get a little turnover frisky. Uh, You know, make things wacky. <laughs> make things a little bit unnerving. Um, Because, you know, it rained. It rained last week. And, and check the film, y'all. Travis Kelsey fumbled the ball in the rain. I'm just I'm just saying, you know. Hey, Sammy Watkins is not around to fumble. But, hey, maybe maybe somebody else will be. You know, who knows? Clyde, get a little, Clyde get a little has a turnover yet. frisky. Just get a little turnover frisky. Get a little turnover frisky. Just, just you know, create some randomness. Let that, let that, let that ball bounce in your favor. Um, that's what I would tell my guys. Like, if you, if, if it is going to be, um, snow-like conditions, let's put that ball on the snow and see who go gets it. I'm, I'm here for a snow game. Patrick Mahomes is here for a snow game. We will be back. At some point after that game to talk about it. If you're not already subscribed, the time is ours. If you're listening somehow that isn't through a, a device easily accessible by your hands, go go into your phone, go subscribe to Time Zars wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, leave a review if you're feeling like it. I would uh, I would make it would make all of us very happy. Plus, you can follow all of us on Twitter. I'm at JB Briscoe. Nate is at by Nate Taylor. Seth 
is at RealMNChiefsFan. You can also go to TheAthletic.com slash TimeZars for the best current deal on The Athletic if you're not subscribed to get all that great work from Seth and Nate. Get a little turnover, Frisky. Uh, that's how I'm ending the show, and uh, I'm not going to say anything beyond that. Nate, if you want to, that's your prerogative. If you think Patrick Mahomes is not going to be a breathing fire dragon <laughs> in Denver after what happened last year, don't be surprised if he plays an exceptional football game. I just, I just want to let everybody know. His knee cap was out of its position, and he walked. On the side of his leg. He walked off the field. If you think he doesn't, Patrick Mahomes does not forget. So if the Bronco, if he hangs 40 on the Broncos in the snow, it was not a mistake. Okay? It was always <laughs> planned this way. <laughs>